0: I do not want Please. Peter Dutton in charge
1: of this country. Malcolm Turnbull has been pathetic, quite frankly. It doesn't seem like Peter Dutton and his gang have clear policies. It's all about divide and we'll rule.
2: Hi, ladies, and <laughs> welcome to the <laughs> Institute de Beauté. and I'm very happy to introduce Chanel from <laughs> Chanel's Institute de Beauté and House of Hair
0: <laughs> The beat-up and the way the Herald Sun handled the story, I'm sorry. There was something of the dog whistling about it even after waleed has come out given an interview and said no i'm not on this
2: committee you girls know i loathe cooking and i really like recipes that are easy i'm a one pot screamer i just like you know one pot.
1: <laughs> oh side. it's thrown everybody's ski plans into a complete jizz oh, can't okay. go to wholesome in september oh. The Don't Shoot the Messenger podcast with Caroline Wilson and Corey Perkin for the Interchange Bench, first class temporary and contract talent. It's that time of the week again. It's episode 51 of Don't Shoot the Messenger. I'm Corey Perkin, here again with my very dear friend, journalist, film goer, book lover, Great cook. I've like seen you for ages. Caroline Gary. Wilson. I know it's been a long time. What well, did we pods. see? It, we
0: went for a nice long walk between We and did, we,
1: but we've had a, it's been a bit of a gap Podsters. I'm sorry that we've um it, it is now actually Thursday morning uh, that we're recording this August the 23rd. I say that because things are moving. By the second in Canberra, aren't they, Carol? We're on our on tenterhooks to see who's going to be Prime Minister by the end of the day. They are just well,
0: there's the main thing you need to know is that Tony Abbott seems to be the rat in the ranks, oh, doesn't
1: he? Well he has been for <laughs> two years. Carol, we have a pod debutante with us today. Actor, director, com- comedian extraordinaire, one of our Scrabble trio, Marg Downey is here. Hello, Marg. Hello. Yay. Hello. I've missed you both. Thank I know. You so much. Let's crack open the Scrabble board.
0: We almost well it Marg is more than all those things and she's also a wonderful writer but we're going to talk to you about your new show Lottie in the late afternoon um which is part which is from your group the Kim Collective which you've directed. It's starting soon. We're going to talk about that in a moment but you you were sort of um the conscience of the podcast because you were the person who was with us when we first devised the idea that's if you right. remember
2: over a scrabble board wasn't it yeah, yeah completely well, with, In fact, yeah. with a glass that's of where we bonded we were, I we didn't really know you Caro, no pre-scrabble no, days no we
1: know knew Curry. you Mark we because had
2: mutual, be, friends I've and known mutual friends, and friends and kids and
0: who were friends and that sort of thing but yeah we, we liked each other from afar. We mark. did. Like, I mean, I don't think I we liked need to... your dress sense. That's <laughs> That's right. why I always thought, where'd you get that out? <laughs> well, wait for this week's GLT so, because I've got a good one.
1: But
2: for, oh. listen- for
1: listeners who can uh, who know the voice but can't place the face, can I just say to you, um, Marion from Kath and Kim might be a more recent uh, connection for them. That's right. One of yes,
2: Marion. Ad- she's... Anyone for Jarrah? <laughs> and she she used to often appear in the nude.
0: She did. That was part of her therapy, that wasn't it? That was part it? of her shtick, yes. <laughs> for Kel. And, yes, I tell you Kel. what.
2: You got a little bit lost there, Kel. <laughs> But that's fine.
1: When Marion popped up, I, I, at the time I was seeing a kinesiologist. I only, can I stress, I went once. To say that I was seeing her is a gross exaggeration, but she lived in a purple house because mauve is a good colour for the spirit. In Canterbury, (laughs) and I felt like I'd walked into Marion's living room. Oh, (laughs) she wore a caftan. She did, yes. No, my
2: kinesiologist did. Oh, yours did. (laughs) Oh, so did Marion. They should get together. And more recently, you
0: were um, oh, you were your last one of your last big TV roles was Top of the Lake, the second series. Oh yes, where you of played Nicole Kidman, Kidman's partner, her lover.
1: Yes, and let's no,
0: <laughs> let's cut to the chase.
2: And
1: um, you know how I feel about Nicole.
2: <laughs> I know, I know, I and I, she, I love her. Corey yeah, can't bear her. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. Well, she's. Delightful to work with, I'd have to say. She She makes a darn good
1: lover. She
2: makes a darn good lover. I mean, really, when I say lover, I just had to sort of lightly massage her shoulders. Yes.
0: Did you ever? all I do as a lover, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, what was that? (laughs) Didn't you have to kiss at one point? We did. And you had a conversation about that and a bit yeah. of a laugh.
2: Yeah, and it wasn't a full-on, you know, on the lips. It no. It was just a little bit of a Yeah, which, you
0: know, we, cheek s- we do when we see we each do other do. anyway. Yes. No
2: but there's another show that's coming up soon, which I think everyone should watch. It's called Back in Very Small Business.
1: Oh, I love it's- this game. Oh, yeah.
2: oh, and I'm going to be in that. I play Kim Gingel's wife, ex-wife. And I think it's going to be really funny. Is it
0: going to be on free
2: to air TV? Yeah, ABC. I'm pretty sure ABC, and it's starting September, early September.
1: They started. Oh. They advertised it uh, the other night, actually. Oh, did between, they? Between um, something and something, I was watching. Hey, we've got lots to get through, ladies. Uh, there's a footy furor um, surrounding Waleed Ali, which Caro is going to talk about later on. Which has strong links to Canberra, right Righto, we're going to talk about Canberra too. Marg has a recipe. Caro and Marg have been off to see the same film. I have a book review. So much going on. But we've got a little bit of correspondence, ladies, first off. And one of the correspondents I would like to mention is um, one of our followers on Instagram, Iggy.Piggle. And Iggy said, I've loved the podcast, but the sponsorship is disruptive as it has nothing to do with the podcast content. Um, So this all comes about – this all comes we about... Should, we should mention our sponsor, by the way. Well, um, let's, actually. That's a very good idea. Cheerio to the them. Interchange
0: Bench, who are the leading provider, and we wouldn't have them on board if we didn't believe this, of both temporary and contract talent. Um, the, to get in touch, it's 1-800-I-BENCH or see interchangebench.com.au. And it is true, Cora. I mean, this sounds like a bit of a cliche for talent so good, you'd wish you could keep them. But that is exactly what our friend Anita Zima does. And anybody who's looking for jobs, is looking for temporary work, who needs somebody to come on board temporarily, and we all have these situations, I don't know why anyone would have an issue with that.
1: Okay, so Caro and Iggy Piggle, here is the thing. Iggy Piggle, thank you for pointing out that we did say, uh, we always say pretty much every week how much fun we're having Um, and, you know, that uh, we love it so much we do it for nothing. Well, we actually have, a few costs involved, including our wonderful producer, Miss Jane, and the studio in which we record, so you get excellent reception and so on. No such thing as a free bunch of flowers, Miss Jane. But what we but ha- Your spring posy <laughs> is beautiful today. But what we have tried to do is to find sponsors or send the message out there to sponsors that we must align philosophically. We must love what you do. We must believe in what you do. Because what is the point of having an inauthentic ad break, really, Caro? And that's why we love the interchange Bench, Because as I said last week, my daughter Coco, a few months ago, had a placement with them at Monash University. It worked out a treat. Everybody was happy. So there you go. Uh, I can't really explain much more why we have a sponsor. We just have to... Get the show up and running. And the running,
0: interchange don't we? Bench is sponsoring Crush of the Week. And I'm sorry, Corrie, but it's a football one again. This oh week.
1: God, I'm so sick of football. But boys.
0: it's not a footballer, and it's not involved with Richmond.
1: Um, I'd like to mention quickly Virginia Miller. Um, when we talked last week about Madonna turning 60, she said, "Thank you for referring to Madonna." In Australia, we have pretty much shunned her. You know the typical to old, older the typical older gender, and the BBC now refused to play her music or her new music, which I didn't realise, but we love Madonna, so thanks, Virginia, you share that with us. And Michelle Redfern, who said, I'm a late bloomer to Don't Shoot the Messenger, just started listening to the pod after hearing about it from The Outer Sanctum. Shout out to you girls, by the way. I love The Outer Sanctum. I listen to them every week. Um, And Michelle goes on to say, love your wide-ranging eclectic mix of content that includes footy, heaps of laughs, and glad you've got a sponsor too. And Lynn Wright um, through Instagram, Caro, sends you a message, uh, delicious Osabuco, Caro, a huge hit for dinner. Thank you. That was a reference to your…
0: And to all those blokes who weren't sure about what a gremolata was or is, you can put garlic in it, but you really don't need to. Just grate lots of lemon rind and chop lots of parsley. Caro does a good gremolata, <laughs> boys. Pretty... And to
1: Stephen Baruga, who said, going to try the ossebucco and now on to the gremolata, go for it, Steve. Uh, and just quickly, Roe Thompson, um, who's a friend of the pod, Uh, She did congratulate Miss Jane for the singing and that great voice. Jane, last week, what a star. Look, you're blushing in there.
0: It turns out Jane was a rock and roller. She really was. And still still very much is, and she's got an absolutely beautiful voice, and that was a big hit, Jane. Now, we're going to move on to Canberra, Corrie. We are. So, before we get on to what, so, Marg, Mar- Mar- I would imagine that you haven't been perusing the newspapers
1: oh, look, and following
0: Canberra I, with a fine I, I, tooth I comb. sent that
2: message through last night saying, look, I'm going to be throwing in <laughs> a few platitudes because, frankly, I haven't looked at uh, – News report or a newspaper for months, and Catherine, my daughter, said, uh, Oh, you know, there's been some sort of challenge in Malcolm Turnbull and Dutton, and I said, When did that happen? I, I just
1: have been in a total bubble. No, you've been rehearsing a play, and that's understandable, but you could blink and miss it. You know, yet another Prime Minister change. What's this going to be? The seventh in nine years. Oh, it's look, great. we're turning into
0: Italy, and nothing, oh, with all due respect to the Italians, but I mean, they're looking more stable politically than we are now. It's embarrassing, Corrie.
1: So here we are, Caro, the twenty and Marg, the 23rd of August, Thursday morning, and as we record this, it's at about 7.30 a.m., and on the way here I was listening to uh Tom listening to um, AM, and it turns out that there has been another resignation. So there are now three ministers hold the space, you know, which just evolving as we see it. Um, So at the moment, Malcolm Turnbull is still PM girls. Peter Dutton, um, his eligibility to sit in parliament was being investigated last night. The Labor Party have appointed an eminent SC uh, to study this, and um, apparently because of... um, Mr. Dutton's indirect pecuniary interests, which have come through his wife's childcare business. Uh, He has been a beneficiary of that family trust. And of course, you're not allowed to earn money from the the Commonwealth if you are in Parliament. So we could have a Prime Minister who a day later is no longer eligible to be a Prime Minister. My strongest memories of Peter Dutton
0: over the past two years are the letter he wrote condemning all the Um, national CEOs who came out in favour of marriage equality. You know, guys like um, Alan Joyce from From Qantas Qantas, and West Farmers, Richard Goyder, who all signed that letter. And Dutton was scathing and very nasty about them. In fact, he even said that Alan Joyce should go back to his knitting or something, which was Uh. just a... A very nasty sort of comment. I think he, with Tony Abbott, was also part of that move. Remember that night in Melbourne, was it last year or the year before, when police went around the city just arresting Africans and Muslims? It was just absolute. I'm, I do not want He's... Peter Dutton in charge of this country. Malcolm Turnbull has been pathetic, quite frankly. It just goes to show when you're not a career politician... You, you know, you don't understand the strategy. You can't, you can't play
2: the game. He stuffed it up on Tuesday quite often. So when did the investigation into Peter Dutton's childcare centre <laughs> surface? Well, <laughs> because was, was, is that something that they've dug up in recent times Mar- or is that something that's been ongoing? Yes,
1: here, here. This is exactly right. I've written this down. $5.6 million that Family Trust has received since 2014. What have they been doing for the last year or two? Why did nobody bring Why it up? Why did nobody bring this up? We're, f- we're getting all of this news overnight as the man is staking his clam, dare I say, probably fuelled by Tony Abbott, who's been promised, apparently, um, a key ministerial post. Oh, yes, he keeps saying, oh,
2: no, I won't, but you know, of course he... How, I
1: love how
0: uncomfortable Malcolm turned. Was it Scott Morrison who put his arms around him yesterday oh. and said, I'm with this
1: bloke, Malcolm. I don't <laughs> think he's touchy-feely. Scott Morrison, oh, just, I mean, talk about a passive-aggressive, but also all, all eyes are on, bizarrely, Matthias Cormann, who is just, he's been the big, tall kind of Arnold Schwarzenegger quiet guy. But apparently, if he jumps, the whole you know, like the challenge yeah. is on. Yeah. The so everybody's which is vehemently
0: then. denied at the moment.
1: He's being well, loyal, but he's a very good friend of Dutton's. But he's being loyal, which good on him. Good on you, Finance Minister, for being loyal to Prime Minister. Unusual these days, I would suggest.
0: Mm. Marga, I'm sure you don't have to do number crunching in your job, but I always think number crunching, which is basically what. Peter Dutton's doing at the moment would be a bit like trying to cast a show. <laughs> you know, all the phone calls and the
2: phone call. If, yeah. He's oh already God.
0: agreed to do it, and if you do it, yeah. yes,
2: exactly. But to be honest, I think it is every workplace. You know, there, there's skullduggery, there's backstabbing, there's intrigue in every workplace that I've ever been involved in. And why would wouldn't... you agree?
1: Well, I would, but there's something a little why different. Why wouldn't there
0: be when the, when the people we're meant to look up to as our sort of leaders yes, are leading, they leading they the do worst? Yes,
1: can why can't we? But I think there's something about something different about the um, the Australian Parliament and particularly the government because you are actually there, you know, for the people, by the people, all of that kind of thing. It seems so selfish and self-absorbed what they're doing. And it's just—it's a campaign that's not ruled for me by, you know, oh, we want to—we want to really address the energy issue, or we really want to tackle immigration. Or it doesn't seem like Peter Dutton and his gang have clear policies. It's all about divide and we'll rule. Mm. So get in there and create angst and agitation, mm. and then, you know, we'll be able—we'll we'll rise to the top, and suddenly the, the right will be in charge. But Corey,
0: all Malcolm Turnbull had to do was hold stick fat, as they say. All he had to do was. Have the courage of his convictions and go ahead with the original policy which Correct. he had campaigned on, sold. And you know, I know a lot of his ministers were getting cold feet and they were starting to worry, but at some point you've got to show authority and leadership. And he would have been these compromises and what he's done in backing away from the Paris Agreement and backing away from all the things that two weeks ago were going to happen have just showed him to be a weak leader. So in my mind he's finished.
1: In fairness, though, Caro, he has had a very divided House, you know, he's there by one seat. So it has been difficult. He's had to negotiate. Very difficult, but he's only made it more difficult by backing down, hasn't he? He has. But do you realise if he survives today, I think in another month or so, he will notch up. He will be the longest serving Prime Minister in 11 years. In 11 years. The other thing I wanted to mention, girls, is, and Carol, you won't be surprised at this because you know how I love Barnaby Joyce. Mm -hmm. On Sky News last night, Barnaby said that he'd contacted the PM to say, you know, Stay strong. Oh, thanks, Barn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the on only th- you. Th- what you were saying before about um,
0: officers and backstabbing. Mm, yes, you know we all meet up with young people who want our advice about how to oh, get. Yes, you know, mentoring.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't we <laughs> all do
0: that? It's <laughs> not a very nice. Oh, I said an annoying word, isn't it? <laughs> My kids use, it, but I don't like it. But the one bit of advice I give young would be journo's or sports commentators or whatever. I mean, I. Give them different advice depending on their needs, but I always say don't get involved in office politics. Always, because I just reckon that is a shortcut to disaster. Yes, always.
1: Steak How and, often have we seen it? Everybody's yeah. thrown all their all don't their, get involved. But even if you don't get
2: involved, rise above you, it. You're deemed to be a you know boring yeah. old person who doesn't get involved. Oh, so I, I, so I, I was accused.
0: Um, I was accused several times at the age of that I worked in a vacuum, but. I don't think I did, and I probably got a bit better at the teamwork thing as I was there for longer. But seriously, don't get involved. It never does you any good. No. Anyway, that's my little mentoring well, tip. Well, there
1: you go. We'll, tip. we'll take that away. <laughs> well, if Dutton is successful in his challenge today, um, you know, apart from the three words that I can't believe I'm saying, a Dutton government, which sort of just, you know, resounds around my head – but we will have a large number of the current ministry who will go to the backbench. So will Julie stay on as Deputy PM? Yeah, well, well, probably. probably.
2: I saw her running around the tan the other day looking rather spunky.
1: She With had her a, boyfriend. Has she had a facelift? <laughs> the other night on television it <laughs> looked very really lifted. Well, that was our topic of last <laughs> week. I just wondered. Uh, she anyway, does look amazing. She does. Well, amazing? Yeah. Definition of amazing.
0: Oh, you know, she's a great example of someone who just completely revamped their look. A few years ago, do you think she
1: might be behind all of this? Oh no, it's Tony Abbott,
0: and he's he really has behaved. Anyway, the problem
1: the problem, as I said, is if we'll lose a large a large amount of talent from that front bench, and uh, I don't know who the adult in the room is going to be, and we're feeling more and more like Trump's America. It is bizarre. Let's talk about a happier topic now, Mark. Let's talk about your new show, which opens. On the 12th of September, it runs f- f- until the 30th of September. That's a good run, mark in theatre terms. All and you're... through the finals. You can pop down from the oh, MCG.
2: All my mates are saying, oh, we can't come on that opening night or whatever because it's finals. So they're coming to a preview, which is going to be it's Can't a Haven't they bit heard of a midweek?
1: Can't they do a Wednesday or Thursday We're night? We're doing a midweek. No, I'll tell you why
2: they're doing that because as a director – I'm not going to be hanging around for the whole season, so if they want to see me there at the theatre, they have to oh. come early in the
1: piece because I'll be When you're with a bouquet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, you're at 45 downstairs in Flinders Lane, which I think is one of the Melbourne's finest... Our performance space is small, What's the name of the restaurant above it? Cumulus. Tell us about the King Collective as well. Okay. The King Collective, um, we all
2: met at a masterclass about eight years ago and we bonded and there were a lot of really good actors who, um, you know, from time to time are out of work. So we thought let's get together every week, read a play, do something together just to keep match fit and then that developed into our own little theatre company you know people dropped off but a few stalwarts stayed on including me and we've been going we've done a number of um really good productions i'd have to say mainly at 45 downstairs and this is our latest production and i'm directing it
0: who wrote it mark
2: it's written by a woman called Amelia Roper and she's a young gun writer. She's in her mid thirties. She's Australian. She studied writing at Yale and she is now working on Glow, Gorgeous Women of Wrestling. Have you ever seen that show? Netflix. <laughs> oh, it's brilliant.
0: It's such a great <laughs> Jane's series. Giving, Jade's giving you two big thumbs oh,
2: up. Oh, I love it. Anyway, she's got, um, she's in the writer's room supervising things. She's on the floor. She's, she's, from regional Victoria. She's just a wonderful person and she's been out from LA and sitting in the room with us. Because it's a new work, we've been editing, chopping, cutting and we only got the final script about four days ago. Oh, no
1: wonder you're not so, aware of what's you know, happening in Canberra. Oh,
2: my goodness. It's been absolutely um, you know, the hardest thing I've ever done. But I think the script is fine now. And um, that's just the nature of new works. So I did that with Lally Katz for Timeshare and David Williamson for Rupert. You just work it until it's until right. Until it's
1: there, which is such an
2: organic and interesting process. Mm. And
1: how are you finding director role? I love being a director. It's so
2: it's such a different thing uh, from being an actor because you have to be across Absolutely every department, from props right through to mapping out in your script, not only the emotional journey of every single actor, whereas when you're an actor, you just Pretty well map out your own. Yourself, You're yeah. worried about yourself, but as a director, you've got to map it out for everyone. Know what emotion they bring to each scene. But not only do you have to do that for the actors, you have to work out, track the props. You know there are a number of chairs, and there are three chairs sometimes. There are two sometimes. There are one sometimes. They're collapsed. So you've got to work out the journey of the the actual furniture of the room. How does it get there? How does, How does it get, it off? get mm. there? All those sorts of things, I have to sort of – I was ringing piano removalists at about 8.30 a couple of days ago in the morning saying, can we get a piano into 45 downstairs? And if so, how? Back lane, front lane, I, on the, stairs? that
0: stairs? That, that crossed my desk. You were searching for a piano because Anna from the op shop, I think, got involved very briefly. Oh, through, did she? <laughs> through the Sacred Heart Mission. Oh, yeah, right, Because there yes. was – anyway. But We've you, got one. Does anyone mm-hmm. have a piano?
2: We've did, got the piano, uh, but it had to be taken off to be distressed, painted to Cranbourne South. Anyway, a lovely man is helping us for a good deal. I had to
1: haggle the piano deal. Mark, Mark, (laughs) is it a bit like like editing? I always say that I much prefer editing to writing because you can actually, uh, you know, see people's weaknesses and strengths and work on them and bring out the best, and then when they flourish... Well, as my dad used to say, the job of an editor is to make the stars shine brighter. Absolutely. And I love that um, sense of um, nurturing and fulfilment that comes at the end of it all. I do too. If they forget to thank you when they pick up the Walkley Award, that's a bit upsetting. But look, apart oh, did from... Did that, that happen to you? Oh, well, I'm not naming names, but... Oh, <laughs> no. what, but is that, is it like that Another X to grind. Is it, that, it is, it is like th- that exactly you? like
2: that. And you have a breakthrough with an actor and you go, oh, yes. And the thing is, it I learn so much as an actor because often you think, why is that director putting me over there um, when really I feel as though I should be over there? And you know, I, I just cherry-pick from various directors that I've had and and a lot of the time it's about focusing the eye line um, so that the audience is drawn to a person or um, just making a pretty picture on stage or varying the entrances and exits so that it looks more interesting. And also changing the rhythm and the beat, Changing the rhythm yeah. and all that sort of thing. So what's it about? What's the story? Uh, the story is about a couple from New York who rent an Airbnb and unbeknownst to them, you know, they saw the pretty pictures on the website, but it didn't include the fact that it's perched on an absolutely terrifying cliff. And so they get there and, you know, it's just... Metaphor
1: for relationship?
2: Metaphor for um, just... The state of America, the terrifying world that we live in, um, the relationships are terrifying. When they get there, one person's dropped out. So it's terribly awkward. Um, it's tense. This is the sort of humour I actually love, you know, awkward, tense humour, like curb your <laughs> enthusiasm.
1: I'm not saying it's like that. but And are your cast doing it in an American accent? Yes, they are. How are they going? Uh, we've had a vocal
2: coach in. Look, it's tricky, but I think if people are – Focusing on the accents, you're not doing a job. Your job no. well. I think I've seen plays where people have pretty crummy accents, and yet it's so compelling that you you focus on that. And I'm hoping that that will be
0: the case. I'm excited. I think – well, I've bought tickets and I'm looking forward I to know. it. Oh, thank you, Cara. I'm I heard with that a, on
2: the line.
0: Coming with a gang I of gal
1: pals. There was a the, – the, the movement at the station and the word got around, Marg's shows on, and um, this old Colt from Old Regret just couldn't make it. I've got a book club that night, Marg, but I'll have to come another night. Yes, great. Well, just, I'll just come a, a night when no you're pressure, there. No pressure, though. A, a quick get, one. I know.
2: Get a rundown from Carol and if she says, don't bother,
1: I'll <laughs> end <then, laughs> You're off the I, hook. I, I,
0: well, I doubt it. It's a I'll pretty see. weird play. Your first one that you had on there, Glimpse, was one of the most incredibly powerful and quite devastating stories and a really different piece of theatre than what I'd seen. It was absolutely brilliant.
2: Well, I think this is going to be completely unique as well. It's really, I, I, the rhythms of the language, the character, it's all, it's, it's some, uh, yeah, I've never seen anything like it, which is what sh- what drew me to the script.
1: Well, we'll all be there. And if you if you want to um, buy tickets, you jump onto 45downstairs.com.au, I think is the um, email address. Or you can address. just ring.
2: I always just ring and buy the tickets. Oh, do you? On nine double six two double nine double six, and you can pay for them over the phone.
0: And we'll put a link to Lottie in the late afternoon at 45 Downstairs in our show notes. So a quick one before we move on to the next. What? Why do you think Kath and Kim was such a phenomenon? I mean, I can't think of a... It would have to be one of the more successful Australian TV shows ever and in this Save the ABC campaign, you know, it's front and centre of what local television can do. Have you ever wondered about why that in
1: particular... To be honest,
2: you know what? In the hands of other actors, I don't think it necessarily... Well, look, the script was rejected initially. They pulled the pin. They were about to go into production and the ABC pulled the pin and someone... Um, got in someone's ear and they sort of reluctantly went ahead. And wow. what a huge success it was. But on the page, when you read a couple of people just shouting at each other, saying, Mum, shut up, <laughs> Mum, or look at me, it yeah. doesn't read as a particularly funny thing. So I think it it just, it all hinges on the fact that those two comedians were just. Amazing actors,
1: but also all of you as the supporting cast. I mean, Magda is Sharon; oh, is Magda brilliant. Sharon, and, brilliant. and um,
0: Glenn Robbins. Glenn
1: is Robbins is has been
0: watching Russell Coit at the moment.
2: On, I <laughs> haven't had time, but I'm, I want so, to because I
0: love it. It's ridiculous. Every it's, I think there's been two shows. they have both survived exactly the leap the same. Ten years on. Oh, it is still relevant. A, it is hysterical.
1: <laughs> anyway, well, there's a good screen tip, um, Caro. Uh, well, we all want to come and see your show, Mark. So it um, f- opens at 45 Downstairs, as I said, uh, on the 12th of September. And you, uh, tickets via 45downstairs.com. And you actually have to write out the word 45 downstairs, not the numbers. Um, on to footy, kind of. Footy and television, Caro. Waleed Ali and the AFL, what's going on? Footy
0: and politics, really. Well, in unrelated events, Corrie, of course, last week, Fraser Anning, um, a no-name senator, who under the auspices of his new party, Bob Catters, independent, he's part of his mob, got up and made an incredibly divisive and frightening speech. Well it was his maiden speech too, which was so appalling. He did it he did it to grab a headline, which he did, and he talked about the he basically said that uh, we should stop Muslim immigration. And he talked about sending Muslims home and sending Africans out of the country. He sort of got completely confused and didn't realise that a lot of them are Australian citizens. So that was the one event. And as a sort of, as a direct result, really, um, the AFL's two, were two of their best Muslim footballers, Bashir Hawley, a Richmond Premiership player, and Adam Saad, a young star from Essendon, a younger star from Essendon, embraced at the coin toss last Friday night. And just it was it was it was a more powerful. I, I must say, I thought Malcolm Turnbull shaking hands with um, Bill Shorten was pretty mm. powerful. But these two men embracing and just saying, "This is what we do. We're very good footballers, and we are." It, it, look, it, it said so many things on so many levels. Fast forward to this week, and the Herald Sun reports early in the week that Waleed Ali, the Gold Logie winner, you know, political commentator, sports commentator. TV star and academic, had been commandeered by the AFL on this committee that Steve Hocking, the new football bosses, brought in to get advice on changing all the rules.
1: Can I just quickly add there that when he's on the uh, offsiders with you on ABC on Sunday mornings, Waleed, yes, yep. he is... Really insightful, I think, into the game of football. I just want oh. to say that it's not like he's it's not. It's not like it's me going to you know to sit on a panel or talk to someone oh, about football. But the point was, he, it wasn't true. He hadn't actually been commenteered onto a panel.
0: Steve Hocking is consulting all manner of people, from our friend Mike Sheehan to Jared Waitley, former podcast star, to all sorts of people about where, where the rules should be going and whether these. So, the response was bordering on the. The the beat up and the way the Herald Sun st- handled the story, I'm sorry, there was something of the dog whistling about it. And the response was akin to that. And some of the columns that have been written since even after Waleed has come out, given an interview and said, no, I'm not on this committee. <laughs> and he, I mean, frankly... The AFL consult with so many different people, I couldn't care whether he's one more. I mean, he is across all footy codes, so he would be someone good to gauge. He's also a big tiger supporter too, just saying. But the point is the response and some of the columns in the Herald Sun, although not do you
1: think they were subtly racist?
0: Subtly. It was there was no doubt in my mind that there was an element of that in the
2: Well they were alleging that he just wasn't. Well the backlash
0: Well yes, but it wasn't like it was Jared um, Whateley or Mike Sheehan. Yeah. It was Waleed Ali because of his, you know, he's obviously Australian, but I'm sure there was something to do with his et- right. ethnic right. identification and it was just disgraceful. Although the chief footy writer of the Herald Sun, Mark Robinson, to his credit, wrote a really good column calling all of that out. But, you know, then in another related incident, Sam Newman, who just to show what a complete yesterday's man he is, has talked about the fact that people didn't really want to see the AFL getting involved in the whole political argument, which it was just two Muslim footballers embracing at the start of a game. Oh. And people don't want the AFL getting involved in things outside the sporting sphere. When you think of what they've done in terms of national identity and the fight against racism oh, so with many... Indigenous football. but But the point is... They're the biggest football code and the biggest sporting organisation in the country. They take millions and millions and millions of dollars from governments for their stadiums, for their various policies, etc. Why on earth wouldn't you proudly say, look at these wonderful two young men and what they've done, and they are not the sort of people that this dreadful politician was trying to look? It was just a fantastic thing to do, and Sam Newman's come out probably in a desperate. Bid for relevance again.
1: So, what about to to, to, to,
0: say bas- to to basically say Australians who love their footy don't want to see that.
1: Uh, when has the AFL not taken a stand mm-hmm. and how important it is that they do? I mean, we had Lynn Swinburne here a couple of weeks ago. If it wasn't for the AFL support, the field of women, you know, quite possibly would never have happened or would certainly not have the popularity. Gay marriage, I know last year. Well, when they got into
0: trouble with that. They got too. into
1: trouble. They were slow to respond, but once they did. so So, as a corporation, as an entity, I think they have every right and they have to speak up because if if corporations as big as the AFL are too afraid, with so many different stakeholders across the board of all ages and both gender, don't speak up, who's going to? But the two
0: the two footballers embracing was a initiative of the two clubs who were playing
1: each other. I found it really authentic. I watched it the other night. Good game, by the way. Um, I watched it the other night, and I I know it was uh, everybody was prepared for it, and people had been um, prior to that saying, "Oh, it's a setup," you know, it's an affectation. I thought it was incredibly genuine, and the support that the captains gave them, and also when they raced back, you know, ran back to their teams. It's just, yeah. And they, the, play, they play footy. Who I cares? Just there. There, there, there
2: could be a place, and I often think back to that time when um, that footy coach was murdered by the son yep, who Philip was on ice. Yep. And I thought that would have been a perfect time for, you know, just that day or the day after at a footy match for there to be some huge banner or something, something well, enormous that said... Um, I'll have no ice, or some little slogan, or something. Or no ice for me, or something. You know, some dinky slogan. Well, but, but yeah, I know but, it's sensitive. But no, it would just well, seemed like the time when. But Mark, there was a, there was an, an investigation, and he had to go
0: to court, and you know they they couldn't. No, no one yeah. could really talk about. But what they did do was the two teams who played. Well, the. The Adelaide Crows didn't play Geelong and each side were given two points. But the two teams that played on the Friday night, I think it was Hawthorne and Collingwood, they the two teams got together at the end of the game and linked arms. Right. But, you know, one Hawthorne-Collingwood, Hawthorne-Collingwood with the two coaches, Nathan Buckley and Alistair Clarkson. And it was one of the more powerful things I have ever seen. Right. Yeah. So it was basically just saying, you know, we're a family and yeah. this is… Well, back off, Sam, I say. But the hey. Wally, just on Waleed Ali, it just went to the worst of… Everything, you know, the Herald Sun were I right, trying to create this picture. Dermot Burton was one of them who had a crack, didn't he? He was disapproving of Walida. Well, the story was wrong. He wasn't even on the committee. Mm. But but it really tried to stir up the worst of emotions in the, wor- the most base
1: sort of horrible part of our sort of national identity and it was just awful. And that's what Peter Dutton is doing now at the moment. Uh, it could be Prime Minister right now. I don't know. I haven't seen the news for the last 10 minutes. <laughs> hey, Caro, you have a crush of the week. And before I hear who your crush is, I would just like to thank the Interchange Bench again because they particularly wanted to support this section. They love it so much they don't care whether it's in- case of last week, my dog, Bearsie, who turned 16, or whether it's a crush of yours, which is, excuse me, usually a Richmond football player.
0: No, what about the week it was my husband and you had a go at (laughs) me because, you know, you said your husband would get offended. That's right. Anyway. was One week it was Ross Stevenson and you accused me of sucking up to
1: a radio star. So thank you, Interchange Bench. The recruiters of the best staff go to the Interchange Bench and... I just think they are great for supporting our podcast and our particular crush of the week. So, what is yours, Caroline? Peter Jackson, not the suit manufacturer who sponsors the. <laughs>
0: Peter Jackson. Football Victoria and the VFL.
1: That ad's been around since I was four, I reckon.
0: <laughs> Marg, this, this might not have crossed your desk because you've been oh, so busy yeah. um, directing, Hit but me um, rehearsing. Melbourne have made the finals. I'm-
2: <laughs> Isn't I do fa- know that. Yeah, well, you would. Only just, though. I didn't watch the match, but apparently it was extremely Oh, exciting. it's
1: thrown everybody's ski plans into a complete You Can't go to Hawthorne in September. Got to be at the G.
0: Oh, no, don't be too arrogant and too Hawthorne. Um, Peter Jackson is the CEO of the Melbourne Footy Club, and he's stepping down in October, so It was. I think it was really important for his legacy that he was still there as CEO when they finally got back into the finals for the first time in 12 years. What the AFL do when a club is in the deep crisis that Melbourne was in, you know, after all the loss of money, bad appointments, paying out of appointments, millions and millions of dollars of debt, the tanking scandal, which was one of the more disgraceful acts of the last two decades, really, the way Melbourne and other clubs did it, but Melbourne did it so badly and exploited their players, really. They basically, the AFL gives you millions and millions of dollars in a big check to pay off all your debts, but the condition is that you've all got to go. (laughs) So the chairman went, uh, Don McLarty and all of his board, or most of his board. Um, The CEO, I think had already been sacked, Cameron Schwab, and Peter Jackson came in basically as an AFL appointment. And there were times he talked Melbourne down. There were times he was a bit too negative about the crisis they were in. But he looked around at his various executives. He inspired them, he promoted them. The football boss, Josh Marnie, I just didn't think was up to the job. He's now become one of the more respected heads of football in the AFL. He got Paul Roos over to give the club some credibility on huge money, it must be said. I think it really helped Melbourne's own identity crisis at the time. He planned a succession situation with, and that took ages to get up, but it finally worked with Simon Goodwin. And he also... Promoted Jen Watt as one of his. There were so many executives who've done so well under him. One of whom, Jen Watt, has gone to a senior role at the Melbourne Cricket so Club. So, wh-
1: what is he going to do?
0: Well, I think he'll. He should be. The AFL should put him into another AFL club.
1: Oh, really?
0: Yeah, that's what I think they should do. I mean, I, a
1: club that's not doing so well would have been interstate club.
0: Oh, look, they've already got their former head of football. Mark Evans at the Gold Coast. So that's not going to change in the short term. St Kilda and Carlton are both struggling, but they've both got CEOs in the job at the moment.
1: But if he, either of those were to go... Mark, she's got that Scrabble poker face on. Who? I, which, me? No. Cara, <laughs> <laughs> oh, when, she, when she's sitting there with the Q, the U, the I, the <laughs> E and the T. Well, he's just going to... You um, know something and you're not No No, no, I,
0: I don't, but I think he should. And I just think... What he's done you know, I mean obviously on field you're so happy for Nathan Jones, who's, you know, been there through thick and thin and he's the captain and they've had so many terrible times and I'm so happy for him. But off field Peter Jackson so, is my crush.
1: So, if Peter Jackson finds out that he's your crush of the week, does that mean he's going to leak you extra stories because you've been extra no, nice? No, he'll, no he, he's,
0: he's a very he's a bit of a curmudgeon, actually. <laughs> that's, <Had> our,
1: <laughs> that's our crush of the week. Had he still been
0: at Essendon when the drug scandal happened, it I never my, would have. Can happen.
1: I do my barrel girl now? You that's can. our crush of the week. Thanks to the <laughs> Interchange Bench, specialists in temporary staffing and executive co- contracting. Mm-hmm. Call one eight hundred IBENCH.
0: And now it's time for BSF, Book, Screen and Food. And Corrie, you've got a new book by Claire Tomlin.
1: I do. So Claire Tomlin, Caro and Marg, you may be familiar with her name. She's in her 80s now, but she has been for the last 20 or 30 years one of the world's finest biographers. She started life as a journalist. For many years she was literary editor of the uh, of the Sunday Times and uh, she has written um, some very, very fine and I must say, Potty's accessible biographies on people such as Jane Austen, that was the one I read, Charles Dickens, Samuel Pepys, Thomas Hardy, a whole raft of them. But she's had a fascinating life of her own. And finally, last year, she decided to turn the mirror onto herself. And so she's spent uh, a year or two researching herself, I guess you could say. She goes back over letters, diaries. She's contacted a raft of people who have known her through her life to ask them for their views, impartial or or bias or whatever. She's had a life of extraordinary highs and devastating lows, girls. And I think this is why this autobiography called A Life of My Own is an absolute must-buy. The highs have been amazing. The highs have been uh, mainly professionally based, Uh, but she she did have a terrific um, university life. Uh, Her early years as a female journalist were difficult and tough as they were for females in those days, but she eventually won the heart of a famous editor called Harry Evans who put her in charge of the literary pages of the Sunday Times. She married um, the very charismatic young Nicholas Tomlin. Nicholas was a journalist also with the Sunday Times, and in 1973, tragically, at the age of 41, he was on assignment in Israel at the Gaza Strip, and his, the, the car in which he was traveling was hit by a missile, missile, and he was killed. And she woke up that day to find Harold Evans and two other Sunday Times executives in her front door uh, at her front door, looking stricken, and she knew something had happened. She has had five children. The first one, David, died as a little boy. He was uh, he was severely disabled. She then had three daughters and then she had another son, Tom, who is uh, a little bit younger than me, I think, trying to work that out. He was born with spina bifida which he has turned into. He has his own Facebook page. He has been an extraordinary person and is the hero of this book in many ways because he is such a brave young man or middle-aged man. She had three daughters uh, and one of the daughters suicided in 1980. Oh. She had just started university. She was a bright spark and she, de- depression. The black dog grabbed her by the throat and within a year she'd taken an overdose and poor Claire Tomlin, her mother, had found her. Oh, So through all these tragedies, the other part of it too is that Nicholas Tomlin was a bit of a bad (coughs) husband. There had been a couple of affairs along the way and in fact um, she's very honest and open about her relationships, her extramarital affairs too. But um, at the heart of it is this woman with a a love of books, an an innate understanding of literature and a real commitment to her children and her family life and to keep things going despite all that... Life deals with you. She is now happily married and has been since the age of sixty to Michael Frayne, who you would know, Mark particularly, who wrote *Noises Off*, a famous British playwright. Oh, they've yes. had a very happy, lovely life together, and they have a place in the country and they garden, and they write, and they've got a house full of books, and of course, um, children from both both marriages. So Claire still has two daughters. Um, who are alive and well, it is a terrific book. It has honesty um, it's a there's a real lack of self importance. You really feel her humility through this she 's not afraid to to have a good hard look at herself. But also, it's a fascinating snapshot into literary life in London in the 60s and 70s and those heydays, Carol, of, of Fleet Street Journalism. So this book, this one of my copy is in a hardcover. It came out last year. The paperback has just arrived in bookshops and it's twenty two ninety nine. It's called A Life of My Own by Claire Tomlin. Highly recommend it, girls. And, Marg,
0: Mar- we've been to the movies oh, separately been, and I we've know. both seen – I think probably my film of the year. Since, I agree, certainly Caro. since the Oscar season.
2: Absolutely. Uh, have you noticed? Because I know you so go to a lot of What's the name of the films. movie? Can I just ask? Black Klansman. Okay. I know you go to a lot of movies, as do I. And if I love them, I'll see them. You know, two or three times. I will go back and see this again. Yeah,
0: I'm dragging my husband who oh. who, who got tickets initially and gave them to my daughter, who went with her boyfriend. They loved it. Mm. I went on the weekend. With our friends, Mary and Johnny. Oh, did you? Oh, my Lord. It's Spike Lee back to his absolute best.
1: So is it based on a, true, a true story? It's a true story. It is a true
2: story. Yep. You start, Marg. Um, I'll give the background and then we'll fill yep. in. Ron, oh, I've got a good story. So maybe, do you want to give the background? No, 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 you go go ahead. (laughs) Okay. Um, Ron Stallworth. It's the true story of this, the first African American detective to serve in the Colorado Springs Police Department. And i mean, in... Set in the late 70s. Set in the early late, 70s. Early 70s, sorry. Um, the department is dominated pretty well by white cops and so it's hard for him to fit in. Um, a lot of them accept him but not all do and that turns pretty ugly. Um, and he wants to make a difference, wants to make a name for himself, so he devises a plan to infiltrate and expose the Ku Klux Clan, this insidious group of white supremacists who are in the local area and what uh, he enlists the help of one of the white cops to help him, Mm -hmm. played absolutely superbly by what's that guy's name? Anyway, someone, it'll Adam Driver. How does he infiltrate if he's
1: an African Adam Driver's absolutely
0: brilliant in it too and the main character, Ron, is played by Denzel Washington's son who is Fantastic, but it works on every level. It's it's a thriller. It's very funny. You know, it's 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 a a comedy. It's a it's a study. It it opens with um, that massive Civil War scene of all the dead soldiers and dying soldiers on Gone with the Wind. It's a study, really, on racist. Films and messages that you know have sort of permeated all of our well, this the whole 20th century really. Mm-hmm. And it talks about black films, the music is unbelievable. Oh, that soundtrack. scene in the club, with, oh, um, wasn't that it's so too
1: late movie. to turn back
2: oh, now. Well, that I, is brilliant. I
1: reckon we I reckon well, I'll go and see that. So if you, if either of you want to go and see it again, um, hands up, I'm there. Um, Be what's prepared. it called again? What's it called? It's the called Black Clansman, it's, it's been directed by Spike Lee, it's got a
0: brilliant cast, it's a great story. It, it really – you cannot stop watching but just be prepared for the ending. All
1: right. Don't give anything away. Spoiler No, no, no. You're no, so you're... bad at doing that. Now, uh, Marg, you have a recipe. We love asking our debutante. Oh, I want debut to tell t- about
2: <laughs> Denzel Washington's story. Never mind. Let's go on it. to the tell chicken. Um, no, no, I won't. Um, chicken's more interesting. So um, what happened was <laughs> <the> <laughs> I, I, I Paul goes to this cafe, my husband Paul, and he bought me a cookbook because um, – he said, you know, the food's great. So this is really <laughs> – It's so a cookbook go, from go, the go cafe. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, it's cool. called South of Johnson. Um, anyway, so do, you, do I cut to the chase and just read out the ingredients? I've had <laughs> breakfast with my kids at South of Johnson. They it's love really
1: it. Oh, you, it's really I don't so know this cool. book. Can you just show me Oh, yes, yeah, sure. please? This is not in my bookshop. Okay. Oh what? no, we had that with the yes, that's that was in the book All shop. day cafe. Couple yeah, all day ago. cafe. Yep, Sorry. Yep. I sold, sold heaps, heaps of that actually. A, and
0: the a a food medium. is fan, the food is fantastic at South of Johnson.
2: Oh, it's really good. Which is in
0: fact South of Johnson Street in Fitzroy.
2: Yeah, exactly. Got and it and
1: got it, funny enough. Got,
2: got it? it? Yeah. And anyway that. this one. You girls know I loathe <coughs> cooking and I really like recipes that are easy and also a bit of um, a one pot screamer. I just like, you know, one yeah. pot. <laughs> and um I don't like to do a whole lot of level. washing up. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> so um what you do is you get one preserved lemon, but I do need to workshop one preserved lemon because when you open the jar, is there are four segments. Is one preserved lemon one quarter? Of that, whole, oh,
1: yeah,
0: and or, sometimes they come in slices in the jar,
2: and sometimes and it, it can only... be very
1: strong, so you have to be the judge of whether you, you have put to be one the judge. in or two Okay, or three. well, I
2: just put one quarter, you know, sort of yep. of, of, of a lemon yep. worth of preserved lemon, and you scoop out the flesh, yeah, and and you know you rinse it under water, and then you chop up that. Um, Preserve lemon very finely, but you don't have to be too fussy about that. And then 100 mils of olive oil, a tablespoon of smoked paprika, and but go for good quality on that. Yeah, go to a spice shop make sure that's good quality because that's essential. Then you get uh, a teaspoon of minced garlic. Well, I just chop it up. Don't worry about mincing. A tablespoon of chopped thyme, a pinch of chili flakes and four boneless chicken breasts. But I think you should buy Good quality breasts, to be honest. Okay, um, don't yeah. buy supermarket. I don't chicken. think so. I haven't tried it with them. I've always gone to a good butcher to get them, and I think that could be the make or break. So anyway, what you do is you put all those ingredients, bar the chicken, into a bowl, and then you just marinate it. But it says two hours or overnight. I have made it where I've just gone straight to the you know next step without even two hours. Yeah. And it still works, but in an ideal world, I'd go overnight. But you could go over and then, one. And then second. you
0: put it. Then you put it in the in a hot oven. Right. I no, assume.
2: wait. This is the really important bit. You put that in a non-stick <coughs> frying pan that is able to be put into the oven. Oh, like a frittata one. Oh
1: yes, the handle is oh, always the issue. The handle's
2: fine. I mean, I've got those. Is it Anilon Oh, okay. Um, thingos, um, fry pans, saucepans, and you can put that in. Okay, so you put what you do is you you get the chicken once it's marinated and all the oil and you cook it up on your stove. But make sure it's on a really, really high heat and there'll be smoke coming out. It'll be blackened. You'll think, what the hell? You're about <laughs> to burn down the house and you're spattering this sort of red fatty stuff all over your stove. That's the only annoying part. Okay, and, But it must be kind of blackened. So you do it for five minutes on one side and three on the other. Oh then you Put the whole the whole thing, wholus bolus, into your one eighty degree oven for ten minutes. Then you take it out and voila. But be oh, so it's careful. Called,
1: it's crisped up on the top. A little bit crispy
2: and a little bit blackened, but absolutely. And then you utterly um, cut it on the diagonal and fan it out and then oh. have a little salad. But I will tell you, be oh, artistic, careful. Mark. Be careful because when I last cooked it, I took the pan out of the oven, forgetting that it was stinking hot. I used oven mitts and then I put it down to rest for ten, you know, two minutes. I, I was cheating. <laughs> and then I went to pick up the pan. And I. With
1: Without your Absolutely.
0: your
2: hand. I was sitting at the dinner party in a hand in a bowl of ice.
1: So not only was Paul calling the fire brigade, he had the ambulance there too. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh,
2: oh. But anyway, look, the intrigue was there and it was good dinner party conversation and the intrigue was also the fact that I cooked because I never do. <laughs> well, and what and what then we'll... you add a little um, tub of minted yoghurt. Okay, cut up some mint, yeah. stir it through the y- yogurt and have that on the side. End of story. What's so what, it, what will is be known
0: as is, Marg's Chicken yeah. Recipe will be in the show notes, but what's it called in the Lemon court
2: court? chicken, quinoa tabbouleh and minted yogurt. Well, of course, oh. I forget the quinoa tabbouleh thing. I hate, I just, I hate quinoa. Just so do a little salad with it.
1: Sounds yeah. amazing. Beautiful. Really it sounds nice. beautiful. We're coming to your place. Next time we have Scrabble, we'll have dinner Scrabble. Sure. That was
0: was BSF, Corrie. What are you grumpy about today? I'm
1: grumpy at the New Zealand Foreign Minister, Winston Peters, uh, in a joint press conference this week in Auckland with our Julie, Julie Bishop, the aforementioned running, weird-eyebrowed Julie Bishop, (laughs) Deputy (laughs) Prime Minister Julie Bishop. (laughs) Um, They had this weird moment. Julie was being hounded, of course, by reporters about uh, the Dutton Challenge and so on. And she was very keen to get off stage. And um, Winston was having a terrific time. And Julie said, that's it, Winston, and tapped him on the shoulder and said, I'm trying to bump you off the stage here. And Winston said, oh, she's a female. I've got to answer the question. And then Julie Bishop said, Did you just say that? And then he said, I don't want to be seen like I'm a chauvinist. Well, sorry, Winston. Winston. It's happened. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. Yeah, She's a female. I've that's... got to answer the question, you know, in brackets, bossy, you know, all that stereotypical Aww. crap. I'm sorry, Winston, you were acting Prime Minister until Jacinda had the baby when she came back from maternity leave. You know, grow but may, up. But maybe
0: we're being a bit hypocritical because we've spoken about Julie in terms of her physical appearance. Oh, no, None of that's the different. You've even that's, suggested we're not, we're not she's had the, work.
1: We're not on the public oh, I, stage I'm thinking we need whole mirror to ourselves
0: here, This is, here, is the Corrie. same man
1: also a few weeks ago who called um, the shadow leader of the house, who's Jerry Brownlee is his name, and he's a rather large chap, but quite happy with himself. You know, said, throw fatty out, said Winston, oh. <laughs> in a heated moment in parliamentary Winst- debate. So or, there you go. Girls, okay, it's time six for six quick,
0: quick questions <laughs> with underline on the word quick. Corrie, you kick it off.
1: Um, Caro, who can beat Richmond?
0: One word, Corrie, Richmond.
1: <laughs> Do you play- think their head's going to get in the way of their No, but if
0: they don't play their best, that will be the only thing that, and that could happen.
2: What's your favourite Scrabble letter?
1: Well, S would be obvious, so I'm going to say J. Hmm? Eight mm. points. And mm. you can do a lot of words with J, starting with J. It doesn't seem like Miss Jane. There mm. you are. You see, if you were not a proper noun, we could call, we could put you on the scrabble board.
0: Marg, of all the characters you've played on TV, who is
2: your favourite? I think I would have to say Janelle from Janelle and Chenille.
1: <laughs> oh, the Beauty Institute to Bertrand. Yeah. Institute. De can you do, everyone her, can you in do my, her voice? Everyone in my
2: family would agree with could that. Could you do her voice? Oh, um. Hi, ladies, and (laughs) welcome to the Institut de Beauté, and I'm very happy to introduce
1: Chenille from Chenille's (laughs) Institut
2: de Beauté and House of (laughs) Hair
1: Removal. (laughs) Can I have a quick mani-pedi, please, while we're here? Um, Okay, Caro, is it too late in the middle of August to hit the winter sales?
0: Absolutely not, Corrie. There are so many bargains around at the moment. Several times in recent years I have bought my winter coat for the following year, in August or September. And let's face it, you still have a lot of cold days. The sales at the moment, the bargains around I'm are with you on the coats.
1: I've seen a few amazing coats. The, 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 the disappearing. the knitwear's disappearing a bit, a bit thin on the ground in some shops.
0: Corrie, what's your current favourite
1: Facebook page? Lamb Jumpers, Caro. It's helping our farmers, lamb jumpers. So everybody's um, invited to knit for the farmers in the drought-affected region. So apparently, you would have known this, Marg, of course, during the drought, sheep mothers have more multiple births than usual. Nobody quite knows why. And, of course, it's still cold up there. They're not getting any rain but freezing cold nights. And there are a lot of lambs dying because their mothers are not looking after them because nobody's getting food. So the poor farmers are not only stricken by the fact that they have no water, their livestock is dying around them. So people all around Australia have been asked to get onto the Lamb Jumpers Facebook page. There is knitting pattern and crochet pattern. You can knit your lamb a jumper. You send it up to the Brand Times, which is at 44 Delgano Street, Brand, And or there's also um, an Illawarra truckie who's offered to deliver all the hand-knitted jumpers to anybody who wants them in New South Wales. That's very nice. Six quick questions, Corrie. Well, I'm sorry, this is a community service. <laughs> Yeah. There are there are farming folk listening to this going, yay! Um, we've been mentioned, so really good. And um, shout out to Marine Knight, who's the Coonabarra brand farmer who started this wonderful cause. More than a thousand have been knitted from all over Australia. There you go, city folk, help the country folk. Is that it? That's it. There was
2: one more. What's your GLT? Oh, Thank you, Marg.
1: Oh, that's. <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> so I was waiting
0: for somebody <laughs> to ask.
1: Oh, it's you again with a look. Good it's local it's
0: shopping. It. It's sort of a shopping one, but I absolutely love, you know, you love a good label, and there are some shops that have just becoming too expensive to go to, and Zimmerman is one of them. I mean, you used to be able to buy a really, really major, major dress there for around the mid, you know, 500s, and if it was a major occasion, you might justify it. Well, it's now 4 figures Zimmerman. It's inaffordable. In- in Unaffordable. Well, it's never been affordable to me. So, but there is no great there is a factory outlet in Cubitt Street, Richmond, of Zimmerman. I didn't know they had one. My daughters and their friends who told me about it will be furious. I've mentioned it on the podcast. But t- girls, bargains galore, and are they and appropriate for our age. Group? Every age, <laughs> they're all a bit frilly and lacy. Are they for appropriate my for
1: Kevin from Geelong?
0: Ba- they do beautiful bathers. Their bathers yes. are fantastic. Anyway and and oh. just and and but, an old but, yeah,
1: the young folk are going to be furious with you for giving away that, and tip. an old
0: local tip from um, which I have to thank you for, Marg, oh. Marg had these beautiful, as you know, Corrie, linen curtains. We talked about them over Scrabble games. Marg was changing things at her house, the curtains didn't fit anymore. you were going to make them into a bedspread cover well you were going to do all manner of things, yes, they were on their way to the op shop, they, Yes. No, when I intervened, us, I, I know. still no I, I offered, you did offer. <laughs> Mark and you, your curtains have, are now two Roman blinds in two bedrooms. This wonderful retired, semi-retired. What's the good local chip
1: component? Well, Blind if someone's got to old just curtains, up to Mark.
0: you can turn them into cushions. There's <laughs> a window throw them seat to the cover. There, I and I've still got one curtain I know left. I you sent me photos. I've I've got more to show you since oh, then. Oh I, I tried to get to get you round for dinner oh. to have a look, but we'll do that. No, the,
1: the good luck, will you. Go to Mark's house, good. look for her old furnishings, and oh. turn it into a mumu. And your hey, husband everybody. said to
0: me as I put them in the car. They were very thanks expensive, Thanks for listening, everybody. Curtains,
1: you know. <laughs> and, and thanks to the Interchange Bench for making the show possible, and you'll find links to their website in our show notes where you will also find all the details of the recipes and the books and everything that we've talked about in this episode. Marg, thank you for coming along. Oh, look, thank you so much. I was so excited to be invited, and it's been a pleasure. We'll Rotting have to, we'll have to do afternoon. an on-air. Do you think we should do one day do a podcast on-air Scrabble game? Because oh. we do talk about politics oh, while we play listeners Scrabble. listeners would love
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> that would be as boring as... That would be the most boring thing I
1: could... Are you kidding? Think, about, only, think about some of the things we talk yeah, about when we play Scrabble. The would
0: be the things we didn't
2: want to go we, to wear we, anyway. We could have a footy commentator in and he could say, and now she's...
0: Oh, what a beautiful <laughs> specky ex. Girls, I'll leave you with this. Don't
1: shoot the message up. <laughs> Don't Shoot the Messenger podcast is made possible by The Interchange Bench. The Interchange Bench provides first-class, temporary and contract talent. So when you need to get your team back in the game, call on the Interchange Bench. They provide temporary staffing, executive contracting, casual workforce management and volume recruitment from finance, events, communications, digital to office support at all levels. Someone sick or resigned? Expanding the company. Just call 1-800-I-BENCH or see interchangebench.com.au for talents so good you'd wish you can keep them.